All right, we are the Driveway Athletes. I am Jack, joined tonight by Ed. What's going on? What's going on? We're here to keep discussing fantasy football. We're going to talk. We're going to round up the top 12 today. We're not going to go 1 through 5, 5 through 10. We're going to do running back 6 through 12. Um, so you get a little bonus content here uh, tonight, today, depending on when you're listening. And you don't even have to pay for it. And it's free. <laughs> so... I'll tell you Enjoy. what, yeah, before we get on to fantasy football real fast, I'll tell you one thing that, like, you don't believe when your parents tell you about aging. Right. Um, but I was up last night. I didn't, you know, I don't really drink alcohol anymore. Um, that's more, like, not that I ever, you know, had a problem, just I don't really drink anymore. And I was out watching the UFC last night, and I'll tell you, like, just being up until 2 o'clock in the morning, like, I'm exhausted today. Yeah, no thanks. It's like, how did I used to, like, go out, drink until, like, 2.30, and get up for work at 5, you know, like, or 4.30? How much changes in, like, a decade is, is insane. Yeah, I mean, it's... Aside from just, yeah, the, I think you just need more sleep, you know? That's, like, you don't, you don't on. cherish that sleep when you're younger, you know, no. like, and I used to say stupid things like back when I used to like one, have to get up for work that early, but also not get that kind of sleep at overnight. I'd say stuff like I wake up just to take a nap later in the day, yeah. you know, and, and like, you know what? I was on to something there, but also should have slept more than three hours or four hours. You know, like you just, you just need it. Your body changes so much. Like, it's funny because you said you were up until, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. Like, I got up, like, an hour and a half later for work. For work. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy. If yeah. uh, You know, like, I don't know how how much of our listenership are, are mixed martial arts fans, but big fight, you know, big mainstream appeal. So it's not like I was only out to watch, like, maybe a local guy and I could call it an early night. Like, main event um, kind of stuck with it. You know, yeah, stuck with I that mean, late time. But were you really interested in that fight? So I will, as a like former wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and as like a, you know, I am a big fight fan. I feel like the uh, the appeal of watching to see someone lose is higher than the appeal to tune in to root for somebody. And I know that sounds crappy to say. But I do think that that's true. It's like, again, why you'd find Ric Flair on, like towards the top of any of my wrestling lists. You know, yeah. like the bad guy drives the story. And I am not I am not a Conor McGregor fan, you know, like um, and uh, so I did because of that or because you just never thought he was. I'm not going to say as he good out good as maybe everybody thought he was no I, that's not it wouldn't be fair to say that um right. but we see these guys they come around every once in a while where they just catch fire you know mm-hmm. and they look like they're unbeatable and the, you know like either they're knocking people out or they're 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 stringing together wins and they look unbeatable they look like something we never seen before and it happens so like and then sometimes once those guys lose the magic's gone, you know, and 
I'm not going to sit here and say, like, do I think he was ever... I, I never thought he was that well-rounded of a martial artist. You know, like, um, never really a strong grappling game. Um, and I'm sure, like, compared to, like, the average person, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it just really fast and, you know, had that charisma and, and, you know, when you start knocking out guys like Jose Aldo in, in five seconds or 25 seconds or Eddie Alvarez, like those aren't slouches. Well, then, like you know. his, like his, yeah, the Eddie Alvarez, like that's what kind of, that's what made it. That's like what pushed it to the moon. You right. know, the Aldo fight when he wins the belt off of probably the best 145 pounder ever, regardless of how long in a tooth he was at that point, like that catapulted him. And then, then he goes and beats Eddie Alvarez for, to have the belt in two weight classes, sends mm-hmm. him straight to the moon. Um, and you see these guys and they do come around. They, the guys like St. Pierre and the guys like Anderson Silva, they come around less. A guy like McGregor, they come around a little bit more frequently but, you, like, there's a part where you have to appreciate it, you know, like, because um, you don't see guys all the time just go out there and do that. But he makes it hard to appreciate. Yeah, because it's like, all right, the the act was fine, like, maybe a couple, but it's, it's like, worn, worn off, you know. Yeah, like, the shtick the gets yeah. dry, you know, like, but, and... I feel like this whole fight week, it was like there, it, it was like um, trying to give you a greatest hits of his of his act, you know, like mm-hmm. like a, like a comedian who didn't work, you know, had got a good thirty minutes and then never really came up with new material, you know, like mm-hmm. if a, a Sam Kinison, if you will. Um, right. I think that's a good comparison, actually. Now that it came out of my mouth, <laughs> we're like you know just a rocket ship trajectory. You know, from, like, unknown to, like, superstar. But once that shine wore off, it wore off. Yeah. So, um, I'm looking forward. There, there's another card, like, basically a week from now. I'm looking forward to, like, hopefully getting more normal fights back. Mm-hmm. And um, getting back to, like, kind of... It's not. It's also not fair for me to say that he's like the male Ronda Rousey, but like, there are some similarities there. Again, like, once the shine came off, it just was different. And he hasn't really strung together. Like, he's been five hundred or below. You know, like in his last five fights. I think he's uh, what like, maybe one and four. I think last five. His last five. Well, uh, right, and then but. This that first loss to Nate, Nate Diaz, or, yeah, Nate Diaz, it changed a lot. You know, it changed a lot of things. And again, once that shine came off, it, it, it exposed some things. And you can only get by on personality, but so much. You know, like mm-hmm. before, yeah, before you got to go somewhere else. You know, or try something different. This is not a sport, an individual sport, where you can just ride personality, and that's it. Like, I'm wondering how much that, like, when he fought, um... Floyd? Floyd, yeah. Like, he made a ton of money off that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that that... He never had to get... After that fight, he never had to fight again. So I'm not going to say, like, it took the fire out of his belly. 
Right. You know, but I just feel like really once that Nate Diaz fight happened, I feel like that was the beginning of the end. You know, like um, because it basically just became if you can uh, you, weather the first round and a half, mm-hmm. it's a much different fight. And yeah. that's just the way it is. We're here to talk about fantasy football. Um, you know, we'll see how much more I want to talk about mixed martial arts um, on uh, on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan for a long time, looking to get back into training on a more regular uh, basis. But we're here to talk fake sports. <laughs> Tied yeah, to I sports. love fake sports. Yeah. Wow. I mean... <laughs> Fake sports tar- tied to real sports. For fake management tied to real sports, whatever way exactly. you want to say it. Yes. So we're it's here today. Fun, regardless. Regardless. It's a good time. <laughs> so we're here to talk running back 6 through 12. If you guys haven't gone listen to the top five running, but we, we did top five really positional players. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the format we're going to use. We're going to talk about consensus um, 6 through 12. We'll talk about where they fall on my list. Whether you, Ed, agree with me, the audience, you can give us feedback on the Facebook page, but um, you guys got to make up your own decisions there because there's going to be things that Ed and I don't agree with. There's going to be times where we don't agree with expert consensus, and you're going to have to decide which what you like, but we'll at least give you the information about each player. And we use Fantasy Pros half-point PPR. Um, yes, for... Yeah. For our for expert what we get expert for for the ECR the the shorthand ECR if you will. Mm-hmm. So let's let's jump right in. All right. So, All right. like Jack said, we did first five, which I'll just recap: is McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, Kamara, and Saquon. So at number six, we got Zeke. Um, I know. Didn't we do – we did a show a couple of weeks ago, and we were a bit down on Zeke for for a variety of reasons. So we did our, like, um, guys we do and don't like um, <laughs> based on their draft position, and we talked a little bit about things to be concerned about Ezekiel Elliott about. Right. Um, Ezekiel Elliott falls at my running back nine. Now, that doesn't sound – Six to nine doesn't sound that far, but you're talking about when you get to nine, you're talking about do you want a receiver for before then? You know, at six, you might be comfortable still going running back. When you start to get to pick nine in your first rounds, the running mm-hmm. back or the wide receiver start, usually by then the wide receivers start coming off the board. So it doesn't sound like it's that far, but to me, it, it, it is. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. Um, I was just kind of mulling over his, uh, you know, his statistics a little bit. And um, now one thing that we were talking about was the offensive line. You didn't quite agree with where the line is ranked on uh, pro Pro football football focus. Yeah. Which they're ranked at eight. Um, and he's got Dak back. So there's some positives. I know you don't agree with the line, but it is what it is on uh, as a ranking. Um, and I just want to go over some stats from last year. 
2020 plays he i mean he's good at playing all games really um so he plays in 15 games uh for he had 244 rush attempts uh 979 yards uh 52 receptions which is pretty good um and then for 338 yards and he had eight touchdowns and he finished at uh, running back 11 which if you picked them i'm guessing you probably got on what like maybe uh, top, top five last year oh yeah at least yeah right um just fade the noise fantasy has the cowboys ranked as the 15th okay. offensive line that i that to me is fits more in line with my feelings like a middle so, of the road yeah maybe they're just pro football focused like it's look you you have to find what sources towards, you agree yeah you know like you agree with not that maybe I somewhere out. in the middle you know like yeah so let's just say 12 you know yep and and it's fair to do like i not that i found fade the noise to find what i want i actually ha- it's a website that i did find because they have a lot of interesting mm-hmm. um stats and advanced metrics and i just was interested to see where they had them so 15 i agree a little bit more than five i think which was what right um pro football focus but again pro football focus has been around for a long time so you could tell me i'm an idiot with it disagreeing that's that's fine but go on so he's entering the sixth season and we know he's carried the ball a lot so far in his career um, prior to last year, he had 300 attempts the, the previous two seasons. And his rookie year, he had three over 300 attempts also. So he's got a lot of miles, even though he's still young. Um, and I like that he does have... So I will say this. Um, let me find what I'm looking for. Um... So, like I said, he finishes running back 11, but with Dak Prescott, he was more like the running back three. So, losing Dak really hurt him. And the offensive line was not good last no, year. We they do got a like, lot of injuries, yeah. Yeah, we do think they'll be better than last season, but they were not, they were not good last season, so that didn't help either. Mm-hmm. So one thing I will say is even if you think their offensive line is going to be much improved and even if you think that Dak coming back is is very good for for Zeke um you still have to look at what are the what are the routes that he gets to however many carries you want to have a top 5 running back Mhm um and I know that, like, quote-unquote, Mike McCarthy doesn't call the play, but there are trends. And the reality is, is, like, since 2010, a Mike McCarthy team has only given one back 250 carries or more. So you're basically surmising they're going to be passing the ball a whole lot. I just think that... Here's the thing: is like even if you think Dallas is going, their offense is going to be great, you you can't expect 300 carries. But I, I mean, they're 
they're not going to share the ball in that back. He's clearly the the workhorse, right? He's clearly the one. They're not going to be 60-40, but there's he is going to – like, there, no matter what, he is going to come off the field. But, ha, I mean, what was the split last season? Do you, do you, do you have it? I – I'll get it. So if you want it, like, um, I'll get it. If you like, so the idea is, is like, um, even if you think he's the number one, which is basically how Green Bay ran it under McCarthy, it was mostly a, a what, you know, a one back system. You, they're still ha- like, you're, I don't know. Like, I get what you're saying, but they didn't really have a Zeke Elliott, did they? Yeah. Oh, I, I think you're you're discounting Fat Eddie, uh, Fat Eddie, Eddie Lacy um, there in Green Bay. No, they didn't. But this is also again, Zeke is a little long in the tooth. So Zeke had 244, Pollard had 101, and uh-huh. so you know you're looking at a two two thirds split. Right, mm-hmm. like, so yes. Um, well, we'll do two forty four plus one hundred one three forty five two forty four. Uh, seven, yeah, uh, seventy percent share. I don't think he's. It's going to go to sixty percent. I think seventy percent is right. Yeah, that sounds right. But again, I just there is. We discount when a coach changes sometimes how much the offense looks different. In the days of Jason Garrett and Ezekiel Elliott plugging in for 300-plus carries a season are over. And I know Mm -hmm. that, like, and yes, his catches may go up, but are they going to be be as bountiful as um, Saquon? Uh, I don't know. Aaron Jones, right. Well, uh, just like the yeah, right. I know, the but guys. those are the names that you have to start looking. Obviously, we know he's not going to catch as much as Kamara or McCaffrey. No, no matter what, he's never going to catch to that level. Nope. So, and again, like he's still in my top ten, but mm-hmm. don't. I guess my feeling is is you could get Zeke and at six. If that's where you're going to take him. And could he have another top five season in him? Sure he could. Sure he could. It's not the bet I want to make. But right. absolutely he could. Um, he's, a, he's a talented player. I just don't know the volume's going to be the same as it's been. And that like idea of like, oh, I get him. Pathway to 300 carries. Chalk it up. Done deal. Top three <laughs> running back. You know, like I just, I don't know that that offense looks. They, they invested a lot in wide receiver. They sure did. Yeah, um, you're right. I mean, they're going to pass the ball a ton. So, which may be good. Which may, may be good. Think, it may end maybe up with maybe him. He gets more touchdowns. You know, right. Like, which is that is possible. Yeah. But you again, it's something you have to ask yourself. Um, that offensive line last year, um, and, and we'll get off of Zeke, but you know, 1.9 yards before contact. That's not good. It's no. it's. It's not good. And the, like, um, I'm trying to think of, of what else I had here because it was like, like um, 
457 yards before contact is the worst of his career. Like his, the best of his career was like 800 yards before contact. That's the difference. (laughs) Yeah. That's the difference in that offensive line play. But again, you have to remember the idea that you're going to get players back and this is going to return to a top three offensive line. You might, there might be some wishful thinking there. Yeah. Um, And again, these are just things you have to talk to yourself about if that's what you're going to do. I get it if you want to take Zeke at six. I get it if you want to take him at five. I'm a little lower on him. Um, sometimes you have to ask yourself, do you want to be a year early or a year late? Exactly. And um, so next on our list, uh, or not our list, but Fantasy Pro's list is Jonathan Taylor. Um, rookie season last year. Um, I would say he's a comparable freak athlete to Saquon. Would you agree with that? Maybe not as good a receiver. Right. But um, athletically, a bigger back who has some speed. If you look at his college numbers, they are gaudy. You know, (laughs) it tends to get lost in the mix. Just how productive he was before he came into the pros. Um, Running behind, again, an arguably top two offensive line helps. But, so, yeah, um, Pro Football Focus has them number two. For um, me, it's Indy or Cleveland. or Yeah, it's Indy or the Browns. Those are right. the top two that I believe. Um, and both and my ranks reflect both of those players. So, Taylor last year plays 15 games, 232 attempts. Uh, almost 1,200 yards, 36 receptions for 299 and 12 touchdowns. So that sounds like uh, he finishes running back six. So that sounds great, right? But doesn't really tell the whole story because he started off the season pretty slow. Um, at week 10, he's ranked the running back 19. So then the last, what, four to uh, next six games, that's when he starts picking up. Like, it's possible if you had him, because I feel like he was a first, no, maybe he wasn't a first round pick. Oh, um, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, he, like a top, f- like fifth round, like fifth, three to right. five probably fifth, is where he yeah. went. So that's not bad, I guess, if you're getting him in. in the fifth round um he comes on slow like i said and then if you held on to him and you made it to the playoffs he 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 really helped you out for sure for sure yeah so how does that transition into this coming year uh well there's there's two things that you like you have to ask yourself um taylor is my six right so Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I like the player, but you have to, I don't know that Marlon Mack remains on this roster come the start of the season. Right. Um, so then you have Hines, who's more of the receiving back. I don't think that Hines is better, a better player than Kareem Hunt, you know, like, um, and I think that we tend to like, I guess this, like, lower Chubb based on Kareem Hunt and I don't think that we should lower either of these guys based on those guys behind them 
because Taylor is just a better player than Naeem Hines. And Indy does like to employ multiple backs, but again, we have this situation where maybe they haven't really had a Jonathan Taylor there, you know, like, mm-hmm. and maybe we read a little bit too much into that. Um, the only, the only concern I will say that I have with, with Taylor and I, and I, what I, I, I'll say it, but then I want to, and then I'll couch it. Um, during that final five games where Taylor had his breakout, he played the 32nd ranked rushing defense twice. Their 30th ranked rushing defense, the 24th ranked rushing defense, and then the 11th, which isn't that bad. So he did very well and compiled a lot of yards against bad defenses. Um, that being said, that just because you're playing against a bad defense doesn't mean you have to be successful. Well, I kind of want to challenge you on something. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked about Cam Akers, right? Mm-hmm. He had a very similar season, um, but you have you you're not a fan of his, and you have him ranked much lower. Um, what's the difference to you here? Well, I think that Indy's offensive line is just leaps and bounds better. Okay. I think that Naeem Hines is worse than Henderson, even though I don't think Henderson is that good. Um, I think that Naeem Hines is worse. I think that Taylor's is a Taylor's a better player, too, than Akers. And that being said, Indy Indy's offense isn't as pass-happy ha- as um, the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you... like. Yes, they brought in Wentz, but I, they, they didn't give up that much. Not compared to what the Rams gave up to bring in Stafford. Right. And I don't think that you do that to hand the ball off to somebody 280 times. Yeah, like, uh, it just a little, I guess that concerns me a little bit, is, you know, I'm looking at his full season last year. And, you know, we say, like, basically, like, I'm looking at week 17, his best, his, probably his, arguably his, his best game, 253 yards. I, you can't even count that because it's week 17, right? That doesn't count in fantasy football. So, no, but you have to, you also can look at his boom bust report. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just double check it. Um because I want to make sure, like, I did the work a little while ago. Um, so even if you take the entire season, top 24, 67% of the time. Right. Um, that's, so if you're taking those games where we know that the opportunity wasn't quite there, still, you know, two-thirds of the time, he's not hurting you. Yeah. Where Cam Akers last year, top 24 is 25% of the time. Top 12, 17% of the time. Mm-hmm. And I get like your, your, your concern or the comparing of the two. But again, Taylor finishes a top 12 running back 
forty percent of the time. Okay. Versus fifteen. Now you'd have to, you know, like everybody. I guess I don't think the risk is as great. I think that's the that's where I'm trying to go here. Is I feel like I've seen the Cam Akers so many times that I feel that way about him more than I feel that way that that's Taylor. And maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that flat it's it's a flash and it's not even a great flash for Akers. F- for Taylor, it was a great flash. Yep. Um, and, and so you know, point taken. And then you just have to ask yourself which offense you believe in more, which offensive line you believe in more. Um, who's going to have the better opportunity? And I just think Taylor is a better runner. I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't I, even know I, that it's that arguable either. Right. I, I'll, I'll give you that for sure. Um, so next on our list or fantasy pros list at eight is Nick Chubb. This is your guy. It's Nick <laughs> Chubb, uh, you know. Yes. Nick Chubb is my five. Right. Um, which I think we talked about good about when we did the top five. Um, Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry are similar type players. And I don't mean in body type, but I mean in skill set. Um, yeah. I, I'm mulling over his stats right now, and you would be right. And I think where you're heading is – He's not a he. He doesn't catch a lot of passes at no, all. Really, not it's uh, yeah. Uh, but whenever he gets the ball in his hand, just like Derrick Henry, he does. Don't let the size fool you. He does take have the capability to take it eighty yards. Mm-hmm. And there's not not a ton of backs have that ability. He's also running behind. We'll just call the best offensive line in football. Oh yeah, arguably the yeah. best offensive line in football. He only plays twelve games, so he misses four, finishes the number nine last year. Um, that's the fewest amount of games for any back inside the top fifteen. Yeah, I mean he was probably on his way to repeat the season he had in twenty nineteen, right? Most likely, yeah. You know, like where he he plays all 16 games. He has 300 carries for 1,500 yards, 36 receptions for almost 300 yards and eight touchdowns, and he finishes running back seven, which that's where he, well, they have him eight and you have him five, so... I would say he would fall somewhere in that range. I think that, like, again, I get that does I'm he, high. Did, well, I get that I'm a, high on the player. Yeah, does he have a pathway to get into the I, – I guess you say Touchdowns. you will get. Okay. Touchdowns would probably, you know, like um, – is it a harder climb? It's a harder climb because backs who catch have an advantage, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that being said – I think that people don't realize how high of a volume a pa- or a running offense that Cleveland has. Like they don't really pass the ball that much. Um, I just want to pull it up while we're why you know to to discuss where that comes from. But um, 
they're just not a high volume passing offense and they have a really good defense. Um, maybe not as good as uh, Washington, but it's a pretty good defense. Yeah, they're um, decent. So, and they have, you, you don't invest in the offensive line this much, again, to kind of not run. And I don't think Hunt is, it, you know, I don't think they'll be in a 50 50 rushing. Um, split, and obviously everybody gets concerned about him coming off the field, but the fact that he missed games and still finished inside the top 10 um, is is encouraging. Mm -hmm. So last season, they were top four in the volume of rushing plays that they ran and 28th in passing plays. Yeah, that's not changing. Right. Not, if it does, like it may balance, like you know, maybe the pat. Like, I don't think the run plays is going to fall below like the top six, and the pass plays maybe gets a little better if the offense is more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're talking about a thousand and twenty-two offensive plays last season, and five hundred and one pass plays. So they're passing the ball. Their pass market shares under fifty percent. Mm-hmm. And there, so that means they're running the ball 51% of the time. And that's like the opposite of today's NFL, right? That's what people think of when they think of the Jason Garrett Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And like the – so if you were – like I guess my feeling is is if you were that high on Zeke getting 300 carries behind a good offensive line, not that Nick Chubb is, you know, height of – Dallas Cowboys rushing, you know, a couple years ago. I think that there's a lot to like here. Yeah. So um, his average draft possession, just taking a look here, is overall seven for running backs. Um, seventh pick total or seventh running back? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go overall here. He's eight overall. Okay. Yep. I think, you know, pick eight, you pick again six picks later. You can have Chubb and a nice wide receiver. Yeah. It's not a, you could start your draft off worse. (laughs) Sure could. Um, all right. So our next player is Aaron Jones. At nine. So I would imagine Aaron Jones at nine weighs on. I have him at eight. He's at eight for me as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing in Green Bay. And that's a big if. It is a very big if. And I think that you and I are getting lower and lower on that possibility as the offseason progresses. Yeah, it doesn't look hopeful. Um, he recently played. Um, in a golf tournament, it was um, it was Tom him, Brady. Tom Brady. Uh, so it was, yeah, Rogers and DeChambeau versus Brady and Phil Mickelson. And somebody asked them, I was, maybe Charles Barkley, like, is he going to play in Green Bay? And he basically. It was just like, I guess we'll see. You know, like, he was very noncommittal. Whatever 
that means maybe it's leverage. I don't know what he's leveraging, but I don't know. Doesn't sound like it doesn't sound great. Let's just put it that way. No, it's it's not encouraging. But right yeah. now we have to assume. You know, we have to move forward assuming until we get more news because neither of us have a crystal ball. I'm getting more bearish on that being the case, but we're going to assume right now that he is playing in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So, Aaron Jones, assuming Aaron Rodgers is there, he's at my eight. He is there, uh, the, the consensus nine. So, so we're pretty what, close. Yep. And what do you like about him? Um, so, here's the thing is like, you're looking at a safe player. He had only two games outside of 10 points and three games over 20. Um, he was basically, you know, he's the lowest top 12 performance of any player going before him at 36%. Mm-hmm. But um, he had zero games outside of flex. So every game he was at, he was at least running back 36 or better. So he's, again, he doesn't really hurt you. Only two games under 10 points. He's, you know, what? So when you're looking at running backs in this range, you have to ask yourself what you want. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Jones, if you want a guy that's probably guaranteed, again, guaranteed to get you a performance, he's not really going to hurt you very frequently. He's a good name to take, but he's probably not really winning you weeks either. Right. Um, other than maybe, you know, that in that top 36% of the time, I don't know how many he had maybe as the running back one. Um, so if you don't mind, I'm just going to pull up his game log from last season. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Um... So, yeah, week two, he had a 41-point week. That's winning you a week. Yeah. You know, and actually that's in standard. That's not even in half. So it's even probably even better in half. Forty-three. So, that being said, other than that forty-three, he only has two games over twenty. And mm-hmm. when you get to like that twenty-two to twenty-four, like those are elite weeks. The yeah. rest of the time, it's like a, a ho hum. You know, like he's not hurting you. And you have to ask yourself, what do you what are you looking for? You know, like. Are you like looking you said, for someone he's a pretty safe player, right? Yeah. Are you looking for someone with a super high ceiling? Do you want the tortoise or do you want the hare? Yeah. He's gonna be safe. I I if I were picking so he's going in the back half of the um of drafts. Sorry, let me. I'm just trying to find. So so no matter what he's going to be, because we know where the players that are ranked before him are. So while you're finding the exact number, I'll keep flapping my gums. Um, But the idea is, is that if you take a player like this, you probably want to pair him with a high ceiling guy who might, you know, like who may burn you, um, but who has a very high ceiling. Uh, Again, like a Cam Akers, like. Pairing Aaron Jones with a Cam Akers, I'd feel pretty good about. You know, as much as I don't, you know, I've, I've said that I'm concerned, I'd be concerned more or less if you're taking Cam Akers and you're taking a wide receiver. You know, like, if you pair him with one of these, like, safer players, if he busts, 
guys are going to bust anyway. You know, you want to you want to strike out swinging for the fences. You don't want to strike out, you know, bunting. Yeah, right. He's going eleven. Yeah. So if you're telling me Aaron Jones, and then if I'm going running back, running back. I'm taking Aaron Jones and then like Najee Harris or someone else who's got like a much more exciting profile. I'm fine. I'm fine with that because it's it's building a balanced roster. Uh, my player um, that I like a lot is, I believe we're talking about next, um, in Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is consensus 10. Yep. He is... He is a... I-13. He is a pass catcher. Yes. Like, elite pass catcher. Yes. I would would call him. Um, He dealt with a lot of injuries last year. Hamstring, which is going to hamper you. It's a nagging (laughs) injury. Yeah, it's a nagging injury. So he's not a running back who is going to get you a whole lot of carries or a whole lot of yards rushing. He is a running back who's going to catch a lot of passes and score some touchdowns. That's his specialty. Um, so in 2020, like I said, he is hurt. He only plays 10 games and finishes the running back 29, but in 2019, he finishes running back six. He has 92 receptions. So what we have to look at a little bit is there is a coaching staff change, but there also Mm -hmm. is a quarter, you know, like there also is a quarterback um, thing. So let's look at, let's look at um, how much last season the Chargers threw to the running back. Right, so that's that's a good tell, and mm-hmm. remember he misses all those games, but twenty five point five percent of all of the Chargers' targets were to running backs. They didn't add any um, much else in terms of receiving um, threats. No, so twenty five percent in terms of like uh, target share is the they're in the top five. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds. Yeah, they're in the top. They're in the top or, five. Yeah. So there is a guaranteed workload, most likely there through the air. Yes, I mean, you when you pick him, to me, you're pairing him with. I would think, like, probably, a, like, if you picked a, a top receiver, hopefully you could pair him with a top receiver. More likely than not, around where he's going, it could be a top receiver. It could still be a back end, again, high ceiling yeah. back. It could be um, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, right. Like, so he's going ADP is 14. So, so second pick of the second round. Right. So, like, it's possible you could pair him with, like, uh, Devontae Adams or uh, Diggs. Uh, I don't think he'd be 
a running back I would want to take as my first running back or pick well it depends it depends how you want to go like i'd be fine i'd be fine taking him as my first back mm-hmm. um or my first pick and like if i'm at if i'm at the turn like i'd be fine with taking eckler at pick 10 say pick 11 but it, again it depends what other kind of back you're going to take like i wouldn't pair an eckler with a mixin you know mm-hmm. like i think that that is that is a little bit too much risk than i that i than I would want to put in my first two picks. Right. Okay. But just because Nick Mixon has injury risk tied to him as well. Um, but again, I wouldn't mind pairing him with a Gibson or a Najee Harris or even a Clyde. Um, guys who we know are going to be a volume player, you know, like, and have running back one upside. Right. So I'd be fine doing it. And or or you you pair him with it, even if it's not a Diggs or a, an Adams, even if it's AJ Brown, you know, or Calvin Ridley. If you told me at the end of next season that one of those guys ended up as the wide receiver one, I wouldn't be shocked, you know. So when you're pairing a player like this who's risky has upside, but I'd be I'd be surprised if you you know if you told me Austin Eckler finish the season as the running back one, the number one running back, I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know, like if, again, if you told me those receivers finish at wide receiver one, I wouldn't be. So if you pair them with those elite talents or elite ceiling players, I, he's a nice player. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his uh, projected targets for, last year so he plays eight games mm-hmm. and he has sixty three targets <laughs> yeah so had you know so yeah i was gonna i was gonna say like 100 to 110 yeah he um, guaranteed that i would say 90 catches probably which is you, you that's camara that's camara um yeah. it's just he's unlikely to have the rushing total of camara but that doesn't mean he's not going to be worthwhile Right. Um, cause he still could like, if he, if you were to tell me Austin Eckler had a thousand receiving yards and 600 rushing yards again, that's, I'm not saying anything crazy or silly with that. That's 1600 no, yards. That's a lot of production. That's, and you could probably add about eight to 10 touchdowns to that. So again, when you're looking at some of these guys and you're looking at like, What's the range of outcomes? I think the range of outcomes for Eckler, as long you know, in, in a 16-game season, I don't believe it's running back one through three, but I think top five, yeah, mm-hmm. like he could very easily finish as running back four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think some of the other guys in front of him, it would be very hard to leapfrog some of those ceilings. You know, like McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, Kamara, Barkley, even Elliott. Um, they all have top, you know, top running back volume um, ability. Um, and some of these guys have finished as running back one already in their careers. So our next player is Cam Akers. I don't know if we have – he's a, he's a consensus 11. Probably don't have to spend a whole lot of time on him because we <laughs> – I feel like we've gone over his – uh, so, 
yeah. believe it or not, he's my 15. I mean, I'm not that far off for all the things that I've said negatively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I hope that maybe we gave some caveats when we talked about him versus Taylor. I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time. I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of risk. But he's, a, again, a kind of player. Like we talked about, would you rather have him or Mixon? Would you rather have him or player X? He's the kind of player I don't want to be taking at pick 12 and then taking two wide receivers. You know, like, um, and I think that that's where I get my locked into, locked into how much I dislike Akers. Um, whereas, like, if I put him with, a, with, with an Aaron Jones, I, I like him a lot more. It's about, I guess, like it's about a roster construction thing, you know, yeah. like than anything else. I, I'm not yeah. that high on him. I don't think he finishes again as a top five back, but in the range of outcomes, if that offense is so much more improved with Matt Stafford, well, you want a running back on a good offense. It's very hard to be a good running back on a bad offense. Mm-hmm. So. He's his ADP is fifteen, um, so like third pick in the second round, and kind of like you said, like he's getting like a yeah, like you would pair him with like an Aaron Jones, right? Some, something like that. I mean, again yeah. though, like I I probably and, and I know that like we get stuck and we don't want to be in this value game. He's probably not going to be there at the end of the third round but like i would rather have clyde edwards um just because the cost is different but Mm -hmm. i also understand i probably don't want to take clyde edwards pick two or three of the second round either you know um but you have to look at how you're building your team and um yeah we we kind of talked about all his statistics and how he basically finished out the season uh, on a high note. So, I guess we can move on. Um, I think the playoffs were a higher note than how he finished the season because he didn't actually finish the season that strong. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was week yes, 15, like he had a low... Perf- football. <laughs> no. Yes, yeah, but... Fantasy-wise, you're right. There was like three weeks from week 12 to 14 that he had double-digit performances. Everything else was not. So, before, again, that's why I don't want to get the card ahead of the horse that um, with this with that player. And it's again, I, I don't. It's not that I don't think he's without talent. I just slow down a little bit. That's all. Mm. Um. Now, next up is at 12 is Antonio Gibson. Gibson is actually my 10. Okay. And what do you like about him? So I did, I do note that I think that that's my most controversial thing is having Gibson in the top 10. Um, he had the, like, there, here's some things that you don't, that, that are why I believe. Um, he had the lowest rushing attempts of any back inside the top 15. And at 36 receptions, it's not like, you know, you're seeing Kamara or, or Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. And 11 touchdowns, you would expect some regression, right? But he's, um, he's an explosive player. 
Um, and uh, he had a top 24 finish, 56% of time with probably the worst quarterback play in the league. <laughs> yep. Um, he's likely to be a polarizing player, and, and J.D. McKissick, who had a ton of um, receptions, is still yeah, on the team. Yeah, he catches the ball a lot. Yep. And they brought in Curtis Samuel. Um but I do believe that there is a lot of room for an increase in carries. They have a good defense, a really good defense, and I don't know that they're going to have Fitzpatrick throw the ball 40 times. He throws too many interceptions for that. Um, I just think that there's... We tend to think that offenses are going to continue down the same path, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know that it's going to look that similar last season and I don't know what Gibson showed you to dislike last year. Would you say like he's capped in the in the passing game though? Uh, I mean if it I don't think he's like Henry and Chubb though. Mm-hmm. I think that we saw that last year but he also was a rookie and rookies and passing downs. True, you're right. Don't really yeah, um, protection, really. Yeah, so obviously there are things to be concerned about with how much passing volume Gibson had, but the rea- the other reality is is like, or not Gibson, well he lacked, and the McKissick had, but mm-hmm. also like outside of Terry McLaurin, they just didn't really have great pass catchers. Um, I just, um. want to look up the uh, the college statistics because he was a low volume in college as well. He was a former um, wide receiver. Right, so it's not like he can't catch. Right. I just, I wonder how much was capped because McKissick was good um, and how much it was um, that he can't block. That he can't block, that the yeah. offense had just the, 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 you know, the offense had trouble otherwise. So, mm-hmm. again, you're, you're talking about a, a guy in college. He had a total of, you know, not many rushing attempts a, in Memphis, you know, um, and he out-received his, you know, 38 receptions for 735 yards 30, in 2019, 33 rushing attempts for 369 yards, right? Like, um He's a he at least collegiately was a good receiver. Rece- receptions counted for seven, you know, seventy percent of his total scrimmage yards. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that he's cat. Like I don't know, I don't know what Ron Rivera is going to do, and that obviously right. that's that's scary. But I think that maybe we saw the floor in his receiving ability, not the ceiling. Now. You know, he is ADP is 17. Love it. Love it. So that means you are probably, you could possibly pair him up with, like, a Nick Chubb, right? Or, or a Hill, Tyreek or, Hill. Yeah, right. I love it. I just, again, I, I feel like one of the things, and I don't know that I've been explicit in, in saying it, there's a lot of times when you're looking at, your first two picks, you really want them to have the ability or that you can see the ability 
for them to finish the top of their position, I don't know that going like quote unquote safe is a good formula for season long winning. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've talked about you need to take some risk. And Gibson is that kind of guy for me. Um, like, if, if, and it's again why maybe you hear me disparage a guy like Zeke or a guy like Aaron Jones. I'm not so sure they just have that top three in their abilities anymore, mm-hmm. or in their or in their offenses. It's my I want to say their abilities. I don't know that the opportunity and or, and or the offense projects to be that. I think Gibson has that ability. I I think that we may guess the touchdowns will probably come down. It was ridiculous last season. But I don't I don't think we've seen the ceiling of his attempts. Whereas like Zeke, I don't think we're ever going to see some of the same attempts that he's had in his career. And you're talking about like Washington, who they're a team on the are, rise. Yeah, they arguably have one of the best defenses in the league, right? Um, they're in a I would say a relatively easy division. I um, mean, on paper, you never know how the paper. season's gonna. Sure, you never know right. how the season's gonna play out. But on paper, yes. Yes. In July, on paper, yes, they should have a path to it, like one of the easier schedules. But um, I mean, to your point, like I think a good defense, like we we were talking about Chubb, like he's his team's on a good defense. They run the ball a lot. This could be a similar situation. Running back 12 with 170 carries. Mm-hmm. As a rookie. So As a rookie. That will go up. It should. Mm-hmm. It should. And again, with arguably, and I don't know who's arguing otherwise, the worst quarterback play in the league last year. In the history of the league, oh, I'm just making. That <laughs> <point>. <laughs> well, look, no offense. It was a great. It was great to see Alex Smith be able to go out on his own terms. Like, I'm not going to sit here, but like, come on. You you exactly. cut your yeah. your second year quarterback like three games into the season, and then you're starting Kyle Allen until he gets hurt, and then it's Alex Smith. Like, it just they could it, the offense for what they got to have anybody finish a top 12 is is good especially with again if you're worried about McKissick remember Gibson still finished his running back 12 and you're paying about that price and do we think that's his ceiling I don't think it's his ceiling so that rounds out our um, the expert consensus top 12 top 12 yes so, take me through your top 12 again. So, my top 12, starting at number one, um, I'm going to flip-flop them now because there, I have not seen – I haven't done it on the website yet. I have not seen anything, and we're now into the second week of July to say that McCaffrey's not going to be ready week one. So, running back one would be Christian McCaffrey. Running back two would be Dalvin Cook. Three, Alvin Kamara. Four, Derrick Henry. Five, Nick Chubb. Sixth, Jonathan Taylor. Seventh, Saquon Barkley. Eighth, Aaron Jones. Ninth, Ezekiel Elliott. Tenth, Antonio Gibson. And then the two names that are in my top 12 that we didn't go over yet would be Najee Harris at 11 and Joe Mixon at 12. 
So I have Eckler okay. at 13. So that's the player I think that gets one of the players that gets bounced out is Eckler um, at 13. I and Cam Akers at, I have at 15. So I really like Harris's skill set, his ability. And I was I thought he went to a good situation. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't see the Steelers being that good this year. Um, their line is in, in kind of shambles. Do you think um, it's better, worse, or the same as last year? Um, well, it's probably the same. Um, I think I'd agree with that. Which I'm trying to find. I believe they were like one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year. Yes. (laughs) And going into this year, they are ranked 29th. Um, So I guess, yeah, but here's the thing is like, I guess what you have to ask yourself is right. So, so obviously that's going to cap how good he can be, but it's not like their passing game was bad. No, but I think that's part of the problem is, like, you in in years past, well, I shouldn't even say years past, but, like, the Steelers have been, they throw the ball, like, almost more than any team, I feel like. Right. So, but when you have a quarterback throwing as short of passes as Roethlisberger is, mm-hmm. um, I think we talked about it was, like, 6.1 average depth of target. I see Harris getting a huge volume of passes. Well, one thing we know is, like, they draft them in the first round, so they're going to use them. And, and they're a one-back system team. They are, always. Tomlin, that's, it. that's who he is. And I feel like that goes back even before Tomlin too, but yes, Tomlin has carried that, carried that on. Mm-hmm. And yes, they have good receiving options, but they always have had good receiving options. You know, before, before it was Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool, it was Antonio Brown and Martavius Bryant. And I know that like those, those are names of yesteryear, but those guys, Antonio Brown was consistently the number one running back in football. This was an mm-hmm. offense that produced the number one receiver and the number one running back, you know, like, and part of why bell was so good was the catching volume. Yeah. And what I had put in my write up here is I really feel like there's an amount of passing through the air. And I hate that phrase that the Steelers do where they drop Ben back. He doesn't, you know, he goes through his progressions and then just dumps it. And I feel like there is a lot of opportunity there for a guy who's a better receiver than anybody they had in their backfield last year. Mm-hmm. So I just think there's going to be a lot of opportunity there. And um, that's uh, – so when when Bell left for the Jets – the, uh, the running back has accounted for 71 targets, then 57 targets, then 43 targets. I believe that's the lowest point you're going to see in Pittsburgh. 
as far as running back targets, 43. Hmm. And I think that's why they went and drafted Harris. You're right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, when in the years that Le'Veon Bell was, you know, Le'Veon Bell, he had 95 to 102. Now, I'm, I don't think that Harris is going to get 95 targets next year. Uh, but I think that, like, 80 or is really, like, not just doable, but likely. You know, I had a volume of 60-plus, but 60 should be the floor. That's so, pretty valuable. Yeah, like, he... And Pittsburgh throws a ton. Oh, yeah, a lot. Yeah, the... I don't know. Like, I, I worry about Ben and his health. Um, and I worry about that line, which adds to me worrying about Ben's health, right? Like, yes, he's up there I, now. Like, well, the guy's he, walking around with ice packs all over himself. Like, is, he's not going to play a full season. Um, prob- probably not, but I still... I still like the opportunity here, you know, like I do. I mean, I get you. I get your, yes, your point is well taken there. I like the opportunity. I like the opportunity. And I don't think that the price is that high. So his his ADP is 22. So I guess my next question for you is, is like, we know Pittsburgh throws a lot. We know they have a bad offensive line. Is it that much worse than the Giants? Um, I mean, no. Is 37-year-old Ben Roethlisberger with all his ice packs worse than Daniel Jones? Uh, no. Now, I don't think that Harris is as talented as Saquon Barkley, but... You're talking about being worried about someone in a very similar situation and that other player is going in the top five picks. Yeah, you're right. So, like, I think that the risk is baked in with what you're caught paying for him. You know, which is what did did you have his where he's going overall? It's pretty cheap. Let's see. Yeah, overall. Yeah, that's what I have. It's, um, yeah, he's 22. End of the second round? Yeah. Like, I'm comfortable with him being 11. Like, when you look at the guys in between here, other than maybe Eckler, I'd rather have him. But to your point, I probably wouldn't pair him up, like, if you have Saquon. I don't know. No, Harris is a guy I'm pairing, just like I talked about with Gibson. I'm pairing with a, like, lower ceiling, higher floor player. Mm hmm. But at his current price, I just think what's baked into Harris's current price is the disappointment people felt with Hilaire last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying different team, different player, different situation. Different year. Rookies will probably be better this year than they were last year. The, the odds for rookies were not in. No, with COVID, no, they weren't. Yeah. 
The only the, the exception would be Justin Jefferson, um, mm-hmm. who had a historic season for rookie. But yeah. otherwise, <laughs> otherwise tough year last year as far as being able to um, be coached and go through film and practice correctly. So I think get get that out of your head with Clyde. And I also uh, we had talked about you know in the three players we liked at their price, but we'll talk about Clyde again uh, probably next week. Um, so I don't want to go too far off, but different player, different season, different team, different situation. So my 12 is Joe Mixon, who was not in the top 12. Um, and I get it. Um, Joe Mixon has disappointed a lot of people, including myself. Um, and that I was addressed- last year, but like, I, I, I think I'm with you on, on where you have him. Um, I think there's potential there. Uh, last year he was hurt, right? Didn't he enter the season with a foot injury? Got it. I thought it was. I, I was getting him mixed up with like a somebody had like migraines or or something. Oh, like, you know what? Maybe it was mixing with migraines, and it, yeah. but he it was a holdout. It was a holdout, yeah. and <laughs> right, they, they yeah. called it an injury. Got it. You're foot right. injury. Foot injury was Kenyon Drake. I've got those two mixed up. Um, but yes, uh, pre-draft and, and it, the Bengals rookie quarterback it, again in in a season where practice was not great and and all that stuff. Um, I think that there are things to like with Joe Mixon's talent, and I think that that is a little bit of why he keeps ending up higher in drafts. He's a very talented player, mm-hmm. but he hasn't really given you. A return on that talent and no i mean he's never finished above what i have here let me find it sorry no you're fine um, so um while you're talking about that like obviously the bengals don't have a great offensive line there was talk it that they would draft um pinay sewell um and they ended up taking another wide receiver at a position that they possibly don't really need additional help at Tyler Boyd and T Higgins are very capable, but Jamar chase is, uh, you know, one of the more highly talented, um, wide receiver prospects coming out in a while. Um, so they went and added him and not offensive line that does not help Mixon in regard to opening up holes to run through, but, uh, it does keep teams from, it does keep teams more honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so he 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 hasn't finished above r- running back nine, right? Um. So, to your point, um, that return on investment. Yeah, that's the concern. Yeah, that's the concern, and we've been waiting for the breakout. Um, and what tends to happen is it's like a great half the season, um, but not a great full season. Mm-hmm. Um. That being said, now, you know, Giovanni Bernard is gone. He's in Tampa Bay now. Um, I know that there's been word out of Cincinnati that they're still going to imply a multi-back system. I don't know how much that's coach speak. It probably, (laughs) yeah. I mean, are you really going to take Mixon off the field for who's there now? Samaji Pirine is the spell back now, I believe. 
Mm-hmm. You're really taking Joe Mixon off the field for Samaji P. Ryan? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me just double check my work with my memory as far as who the backs are behind Joe Mixon. Yeah, Samaji P. Ryan and um, Travion Williams. And it, well, it did draft Captain America. They did? Chris Evans. Chris Evans? Yeah. <laughs> Captain America or the guy from Not Another Teen Movie. I forget what his name is in Not Another Teen Movie. But um, they did draft Chris Evans. I don't know. He's currently listed as fourth on the depth chart. Uh, again, I don't know how much those players are taking Joe Mixon off the field. Um, so really it's what's their pass run going to look like and how good, bad, or indifferent the offensive line will be compared to last season. You would think that they'd want to keep Joe Barrow, who they drafted uh, last year upright. Um, normally you address the offensive line, then you take the quarterback, then you get the quarterback, the weapons. That being said, they have what is arguably top to bottom the best. You know, you could make the argument that Jamar Chase, Tyler Ward, and T. Higgins are of the upper echelon of receiving cores. Yep. Um, and, and Mixon will be involved in, the, in that pass game, for sure. He's always been a capable receiver. I mean, yeah. his comp was Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Um, he's always been a capable receiver. It's just Giovanni, that was Giovanni Bernard's specialty. And obviously the co- this is two coaching staffs have liked Bernard, Bernard. Um, but he's gone. So I think that Mixon's going to get a lot more catches. Uh, we'll just, we'll have to see what it is. So he's my 12. He was, he's 13, I believe expert. It's like basically flip-flopping Eckler and Mixon, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, um, that's my top 12. We'll get into the, you know, from 12 or 13 to 24. Next time we do backs, we'll do we'll finish out the top 12 receivers the next time we record. Um, and then we'll see what we'll do about quarterbacks and tight ends because there's not all that much to say about some of those guys once you get past the top five. Um, but that is running backs 6 through 12. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like you said, we'll be doing uh, wide receiver sometime uh, this coming week. Yeah, hopefully we can we can get back on track. We missed missed a day last week. Hopefully yep. we can um, churn out some more shows this week to make up for that. So uh, we'll be back later this week to talk about wide receivers. All right.